I wouldn't even know how to do that. What do you do? Just like walk up to random people and go, hey, blah, 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 sports. Welcome to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast, part of the DynastySportsEmpire.com podcast network. Dare I say, the flagship podcast of the Dynasty Sports Empire podcast network. We bring you the latest in sports and fantasy sports, which shall we say, a lighter approach to what most people consider a very serious undertaking. On the show today, episode 68, we're recording this on the evening of May 3rd, 2022. NFL draft review, we crown winners and... Whatever losers get, not a crown, the opposite of a crown. Uh, NBA playoff update, a, a big sigh as I, uh, you know, have to uh, think about the Sixers roller coaster up and down again in a week. Um, early season MLB trends that a lot of people are talking about. Um, so as always, you can email us at dsethepodcast at gmail.com, at dsepodcast on Twitter, dsethepodcast on Instagram. Rate and review us five stars on Apple Podcasts to help other people find us. If you give us a five-star review, we will read it on the pod. And Spotify has ratings now, too, for podcasts, so give us a five-star there as well. With all of that out of the way, as always, I'm your host, Jeff Roman. Alongside me tonight and every night is a guy who gets A-plus on all his drafts, Tim Reinhart. Welcome, Tim. Well, I don't know if I would say that about my fantasy baseball draft last year, but um, <laughs> it, you always feel, you know, this is the the euphoric moment of of the draft you always feel like your team did uh you know did really well you, you're you're optimistic and um then uh you know reality sets in once the games start to be played and you find out all right are these studs that we you know these guys we thought were studs are they really studs Right. I mean, this is the hope that the draft sells you, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, we got these guys. You're going to dream on their upside no matter what. Like, even if you, you know, drafted some guy in, in the third, fourth, fifth round, you're going to say, okay, this wide receiver is going to be a star because of I read this, this, and this. Um, and that's the, that's the fun about it. Like, you can say, okay, this guy is the next, um, I don't know, guy to come out of the fourth or fifth round uh, as a wide receiver, or as a running back, or as a defensive end, or whatever. Um, you can always dream on that. Odds are probably not going to happen, but the hope the, that the draft sells you is is the most potent right now, and I, and I love that part. Yeah, it's fun. So yeah, so let's get, let's get to the hope. Um, and so I came up with some winners. You have some winners. Is this correct? I, you have, some I have I have winners. Okay, I know where you're going to go first. We're talking about hope, so. Um, the NFL draft winners, you go first. I'll tell you if it, that, that one, that team's on my list. Okay. Um, team person, whatever. Well, I'll start, I'll, I'll be a true Homer and I'll start with the, um, with the New York jets. I think they absolutely yeah. knocked this thing out of the park. Um, if they're, if we're to believe what they said, their draft board is the fact that they came away with three of their top eight prospects. Um, in the first round is incredible. And it speaks, you know, it, it's been, even if no matter how this pans out, the fact that they were able to select three picks in the first round and almost a fourth, they were trying to trade back in for a fourth pick, um, to get Brees Hall, um, tells you just what a good job the general manager has done leading up to this in trading for picks, Sam Darnold, Jamal Adams, um, and, and stockpiling those picks that allowed them to make those aggressive moves up the board to pick three times in the first round. So, uh, you know, I, I think um, they got we, – we were texting during the draft um, that they got the best um, – I think they got the best corner, the best wide receiver, and – what people are saying is at least a top tier um, edge rusher in uh, in Johnson. And then on day two, they got the best running back. And um, I, I think what's going to turn out to be the best tight end in the draft. I am very, very high on Jeremy Ruckert. Um, just having watched him play at Ohio State, he didn't get the flashy 
um, the flashy numbers that Chris Olave and uh, Garrett Wilson did, but that guy's a really good tight end. So I think uh, anytime you can say that you got the top positions and the like prospects in the draft, you got to feel good about things. Right. And I think, you know, one, one thing, and they're on my list. So I absolutely agree with you. One thing that I liked, um, obviously we're biased towards teams that have multiple picks, right? That makes your draft look better. That that's more likely you're going to get a a winner, but you know what? That's just the way it is. Um, I'm not going to be one of those, you know, I listen to some nerdier podcasts that are like, well, you know, we have to, this is my nerd voice. Well, you know, we have to, um, judge the draft on, um, you know, uh, value over expectation. I forget that. Like who gets the best players, right? Um, for me, the jets got the best haul, um, overall. And, you know, generally I don't know a lot of guys. I'm not going to say I know a lot of guys after like round two, maybe, three and a half yeah. um but you know sauce gardner is is debatably the best court cornerback probably the best cornerback garrett wilson we love best wide receiver um you know and i think jermaine johnson was was feeling a lot of heat probably at the jets at 10 um yeah. we're thinking about taking him there if garrett wilson was not there um the you know and Brees hall is the best running back you know the only pretty much only bell cow all around running back available. And I, you know, I think a lot of people talk about running back, not being a value spot. And I think um, I talk about, you know, you have to have a big guy, a little guy and a, and a catch guy, but there is some, you know, in the second round, I don't hate it. Um, especially if it's a talented player that can do all of those things. Yeah. Um, he reminds me of JK Dobbins a lot. The JK Dobbins pick that the Ravens made, uh, a couple years ago with their second round pick. Like it's a right. good, it's a good pick in, in the second round. Right. And, and I think, yeah, he, he can do all, you know, when you have a back that can do all those things and you don't know, you know, when you have the pass catching guy come in, well, you know, he's going to go out for a route. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> but if you're, Bruce you're in, you don't, sure, yeah. yeah, you don't know uh, exactly what he's going to do. So that, that does give some matchup advantages. I'll acknowledge that for sure. Um, so I, I really love, you know, the haul that they've gotten. And um, they, I always like teams when they stay where they are, they're able to stay where they are, which they did at 10 and be at the, the forefront of a wide, of a run of that position. Right. So, right. Well, so that was, that was, I think what I, what I read, sorry to uh, cut you off to support that point is like what I, what I read that was happening in the Jets draft room was they did, they did like Jermaine Johnson, but they surveyed what was about to happen, and they said, "All right, well, we're gonna have we're not gonna have an opportunity to get one of these guys if we they they knew they had the bullets to trade up, and they were trying to trade up. Uh, it seems like after the uh, the fifteenth pick, so they were they were making aggressive moves already, but they knew that the wide receivers weren't gonna be there at fifteen. So they they decide, all right, let's go wide receiver and then trade up to go get Jermaine Johnson, assuming, you know, after that receiver run happens. So it was really like astute reading of what are the teams that are behind us? What do they what do they need? Who's you know, just kind of reading reading the room, so to speak, of the draft. And I think that was huge to be able to anticipate this run is about to happen. We're on the front end of it, like you just said. Um, and then our guy can be there later. Our other guy can be there later. Right, right, exactly. And that, and that's what I that's what I think um, about Garen Wilson. So they just kind of stayed put. They knew that they were on the cusp of a run there. Grabbed the, I, I mean, you know, obviously not the first wide receiver picked, but I think the best wide receiver yeah. on the board. Um, and uh, you know, they're also thinking about their team dynamics right now. They are. Uh, a team that is um, trying to find out what um, their quarterback is. Yeah. Is he capable, right? Is is he worth going year three, year four, and then a big extension, right? Um, 
So Garrett Wilson will, will help him, right? Absolutely. They have three pretty good wide receivers now. Brees Hall will obviously help him um, in a lot of different ways. And they still have Michael, Michael Carter, Carter there. So I think, great back. Yeah. 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 So I, I still think they have, um, you know, they have tightened up that offense so that they can say, Hey, Zach Wilson show, you know, it's, it's on you now, right? Like we're, we've done our job getting you talent around you. Um, and then if he doesn't work out, right, they plug and play, uh, somebody else next year and somebody else or the year after or whatever. And that guy is throwing to these, these talented players that are still quite young. Exactly. Um, Um, it's, it's a, it's a well-constructed and they did remember they also picked up CJ Uzuma, um, from the Bengals and another, um, tight end whose name is slipping my mind from the, uh, from the Vikings. So right. they they have improved tremendously in all of the offensive skill positions. They the only big question mark is whether or not you know Mackay Becton is going to uh, is going to be able to play the way he did his I almost said freshman year his rookie year um, or is he the guy that struggled with injuries his second year so like. Right. And, yep. and that's a big piece because that's your left, you know, presumably you drafted him 11th overall a year ago um, or two years ago. Um, you'd hope that he um, you'd hope that he would be your left tackle for a long time. Right. Yeah. Not locked and loaded, certainly on that offense. But, you know, the draft that they had helped them in, in a lot of ways. And um, I think that Sauce Gardner, obviously, cornerbacks are not great in their first year. Um, but I think Robert Sala is going to be able to coach yep. him in JJ two, uh, up a little bit and, um, they've already got pretty good talent on the defense. So I think they're going to be, you know, with this draft, I think they're going to be an interesting team, um, this year in the AFC East. So. Yeah, I agree. I think they, they certainly, uh, have the, uh, they have the talent to make some noise. Yep. All right. Um, on to your second winner. Um, I think we agree on our second winner as uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Do, do you also yeah, have on them? my list? Yep, on my list for sure. Yeah. So, well, why don't you go ahead and tell me why why you think that's a that's a big? They're one of the top winners. Sure. Well, first and foremost, like I think you know, I'm incorporating the trades, the draft day trades, into my winners and losers. It's all it's all part of it. Yep. Um, and um, well, you know, they got Hollywood Brown 20 in the 25th or 26th, 27th pick um, like two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. And then they, um, he played for them and then they traded him for a better pick in this draft. Yeah. Right. So they, they basically like uh, used, not used, used is not the right word, but um, worked with him during his, you know, inexpensive years on his contract then traded him for a better pick than he was so i think that was a very savvy move and he is you know when you look at the draft day trades and spoiler this other team is on my list but um you know a a player like aj brown went for a mid first round pick and some other stuff right and and hollywood brown went for a mid first round pick and some other stuff and i i think i would take aj brown like nine times out of nine in that so um, that is, uh, a steal, I think for the Ravens. Um, so what they did draft is a couple players that I really like in the first three, uh, first two rounds. Um, I mean, they got Kyle Hamilton who I think was, uh, downgraded a lot because of his lack of uh 40 time. Yeah. However, I think of any team, like if you went to Houston, I think this guy's a total bust. Right. Um, but one pick later he goes to the Ravens and I'm like, perfect. This guy's yep. going to be great because of the, the defense that they play. And I know that, you know, they're, they're knowledgeable enough defense. They have enough talent on there that I think they're going to utilize him in the right way. So right. they stayed put. Um, they got jumped for a couple of guys, but they, they got good value as we would, as the nerds would say. Right. People pick. were saying he was a top five talent um, going into the draft. So, I mean, yep. I guess they could have gone Jermaine Johnson there um, and, or a more traditional corner. I guess Trent McDuffie 
uh, was still was still on the board at that point. Um, but yeah, I think they they went with the best player available um, mindset, which I think makes makes sense, and you'll find a way. Yep, exactly. So um, with the pick that they got for um, Hollywood Brown, they did get a uh, center from Ireland, Lyndon Bond that we talked about yeah, last week. He's he's legit. Um, that's that's yeah. maybe. I mean, that's one of the best picks in the draft, right there. Right. I mean, I, I think I think they're only you know the only thing that that people would talk about with these is is you're drafting a safety and a center in the first round, right? Whereas we're talking about the Jets and they're drafting wide receivers ends cornerbacks right like the more um important positions to get value on in in those rounds um but again being the ravens their needs are not that huge yeah so they pick two really good players and i do like ojabo i know he's up from the team up north but um you know a player that is another edge rusher for their team um you can never have enough edge rushers you Mm -hmm. can never have enough wide receivers and you can never have enough cornerbacks so um you know, I really like that. And I, and I do like their, their, uh, third round pick out of Connecticut defensive tackle, um, you know, for another guy for their defensive tackle rotation. So, um, I think they got value and they, they didn't move around, right. They, they, um, got that pick for, um, for, um, Hollywood Brown, but other than that, they stayed put and, and took the best guy, on the board and that's that's smart drafting and that'll that'll result in a good team more often than not yeah i i think um you know you you mentioned the the whole center thing just to return to that for a second like you can you can get i mean there there is something to be said about uh if you can lock down the center position for the next decade and you have a franchise quarterback that is going to be there for the next decade. Like, boy, isn't that, that, that's just, I, I don't know if it, I, I know that the center position is not as valued as, um, as say left tackle is, but I mean, I, the Jets drafted Nick Mangold in the first round and he, he played center for 12 years, I think. And it was just a consistent presence on the offensive line. I think there that you can't say enough about that. So I, I think that's why I really like that pick. Um, I, I also kind of like the um, the tackle they got from um, from Minnesota. I don't really know how to say his name, um, but I do remember him uh, him being good. Uh, and he's a big, big dude at six eight three. I think he's three eighty. Um, he's you know um, he's going to be a he's going to move some people. Um, so I, I imagine he'll probably be like. Uh, a rotational guy per or like, you know, uh, he's not going to start, uh, but could play either tackle position. And he's a player that I think has, uh, some upside for them. It's a real good pick at, uh, at one ten um, in the fourth round. Right. I mean, you know, good teams like that, just the fourth round picks from a year or two ago, just pop up and all of a sudden they're starters at right tackle and left tackle yeah. and they're fine. You know, um, that's, you know, you just keep, keep churning through those guys um, when they get too expensive or you, you can't pay them or they get hurt or whatever. Like you just have other guys waiting just like edge rushers, just like, you know, and you know, to your point about center um, depends on the offense, but a lot of times the center is setting the um, alignment, yeah, the protection. And setting the blocking, yep. right. Setting the protection. So especially with a lot of teams in shotgun, the quarterback's not there up at the line, able to talk to the offensive lineman. So that center is also kind of a little bit of a, um, a, the thinking man's offensive line position. So if you have a good one, like, you know, Eagles and Jason Kelsey have had for so long, like he's organizing the line based on what he sees before the snap. So having a guy that's really, really good there makes a big difference um, to your line. So I, you know, it, it is an under, under uh, paid position relative to other positions on the offensive line. But I think it, it has different um, different skill set. That is very, very important. Okay. So we, we are both in agreement on the Ravens. Yes. We are both in agreement on the okay. Ravens. So I think we, we start to di- – we'll diverge at three, our, our, our okay. third one. All right. Give me, give me what you got. Um, I'm going to go with really on the strength of their first round. Um I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints. 
Okay. Um, wow. Okay. I I really like Chris Olave. I think I and I just like I like aggressive moves up the board to get your guy. I don't know. There's something about that, like in the draft, that makes me makes me want to you know just pull for that for that draft to to work out. You know, they they moved up. I think from 16 or 18 up to 11. Pretty decent, pretty decent jump. Um, and they knew that they wanted they they had Chris Olave on the board, and they said we're we're going to go get him. Um, and they could do that because they had another first round pick. And I, uh, I think we had talked about him, um, a little bit last week, uh, the offensive tackle from Northern Iowa, Trevor Penning, who's no joke either. Um, so I think he's going to slot in now. All of this is dependent on whether or not, um, the quarterback position, they, you know, they were somebody that we had maybe speculated might go out and try to try to pick up a quarterback, but uh, this is this is them saying, nope, we're good. We're going to surround. Instead, we're going to surround our quarterback with the protection and the uh, uh, the weapons that he needs. And so now you've got Chris Olave lining up on, on uh, one side and presumably a healthy Michael Thomas on the other. And uh, that's that's going to be a pretty fun, uh, pretty fun offense. So here's the only thing I'll say about that. I, I agree with you that I like the players that they picked in the first round, but um, I'm looking at a tweet by Austin Gale from um, Pro Football Focus. Of course. Um, that the uh, New Orleans Saints essentially traded picks number 98, 101, <laughs> yeah. 120, a 2023 first rounder, 2024 second rounder for Chris Olave because they traded with the Eagles to get into that yes. first round, right? Middle. And then they traded more to move up for him. So, um, you know, I, I don't think, I think that's a heavy investment a lot. <laughs> in Chris Olave and I like, I like Chris Olave and, and I think he's in a great position to have a good year. Um, but you know, that is quite a bit for a team who does need other things. So that, that is the only thing I'll say. And I'm not disagreeing with you. I think I love their picks in the first round. Um, but you know, they paid a lot for that and they'll, and you know, if they're not good, that pick next year could be pretty good as well. Right. Okay. So who is your third? All right. So my, my third, and again, I, I'm incorporating trades is the Philadelphia Eagles. Yep, sure. So they had a great, a great um, day, a couple days. Yeah. So I, I like, um, first and foremost, uh, the trade for AJ Brown is perfect for them. They have a quarterback, and this is the advantage of having a quarterback that's on a rookie deal, and he's on an even smaller rookie deal as a second rounder or th- third rounder, whatever he was. Um, he's making like five years, $7 million, right? He's like a million dollars a year or something. Um, they traded for A.J. Brown with their um, second uh, first round pick and um, gave him instantly a $20 million, $25 million contract um, over five years. And that's the kind of moves that you can make when you have uh, a, a quarterback on a cheap deal, right? You're not paying $40 million for that quarterback. Then you have room to to make that move. And you have extra first-rounders because you're savvy with your first-rounders um, and getting extra picks. And you can um, then make that deal. And they to get A.J. Brown, they didn't even have to sacrifice the two first-rounders they have next year. Um, yeah. So in my opinion, that, that is a, hu- yeah, a huge deal for them. Gives them a number one receiver makes Devonte Smith the, the more like a number two receiver, which I think will help him a lot. Um, not having as much coverage um, on him and fits well with AJ Brown. And they've already got, you know, um, a, they kind of do the running back by committee thing. So that that's not a big concern for them. Um, but again, they are, they're surrounding their young quarterback and saying, okay, like show us you're the guy, right? We got you a big time wide receiver. Like, We've already got a receiver last year in the first round. Um, they drafted a wide receiver in three straight rounds, and they hit maybe on one of them. So that's um, maybe why they went for the uh, for the um, known quantity. But um, that known quantity is a is a top uh, receiver who's also still quite young. Um, they had the money to pay him, so it's no skin off their back there. Um, so I, I thought that was a tremendous deal, and uh, I'm. They traded up a couple slots to get above the Ravens to get Jordan Davis, who I love, one of my favorite players in the draft. I think, you know, 
it, it was interesting to me because they, I was watching the ESPN coverage, I was streaming it. Um, and it was interesting to me that they found, usually they're overly positive on all of these things. They're like, oh, this guy's upside is such and such. But with Jordan Davis, they spend a lot of time talking about, and Kenny Pickett also, they spend a lot of time talking about their negatives, um, which I thought was an interesting choice. But he has the ability to add a huge amount of talent to that defense and Nicobe Dean, who they got in the third round as a steal, um, add add a huge amount of talent to their defense. And Jordan Davis allows you to to stop the run without uh, giving a lot of players to stopping the run, right? So you can stop the run with four up front because he's going to occupy two or three guys. (laughs) Yeah. And then you have eight guys back so that you could also have, you know, enough people to stop the pass. So it gives you a numerical advantage, I think, um, having a player like that up front. So um, I'll stop before I go any further, but, you know, just to get your thoughts. Yeah, I, I can I can see that uh, 100%. They, they've put themselves in a really good position. Um, and... They're not, like you said, they're not paying their quarterback right now, so they have the money to to spend um, on an AJ Brown. What is the contract that they gave him? Is it four? I think it was five years, a hundred million. I mean, th- the accounting is different depending on who you ask. Yeah. but you know, because he has one year left on his deal, and then it's additional four or five years. So, um, I, I think he was looking for over twenty from. Um, Tennessee and they wouldn't give it to him. So it's certainly somewhere between 20 and 25 a year. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I think they've positioned themselves really well. Uh, they've, they've done some smart, some smart drafting, but also some smart pick accumulation. And uh, it's just now whether or not a lot of this is going to depend on whether or not they're, I guess they're in a similar position um, as the jets. It's now, right. All right. Time to play uh, Jalen hurts. Like, Let's let's see what right. you got. It's 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 not you know it, these GMs have clearly you know the GM of the Jets, the GM of the uh, whose name I'm forgetting of the Eagles have uh, mostly said, hey, if they don't if they don't do it, it's not because I didn't help them. You know, right? Like and, and yeah, and I think they both smartly said like, okay, like they're gonna move on. Like it's not they're not gonna make it work, and then it's gonna be a Baker Mayfield situation where they're just dangling out there. Yeah. Um, or even, you know, a Sam Darnold now in Carolina situation, right. Where dangling on where they're, they're both probably just going to say, okay, if it's not working out, like they're going to get cut, they're going to get traded, whatever. We're going to start over with a new rookie, right. A uh, new guy on a, on a younger contract or a cheaper contract, yeah. um, that can try again and see if we hit there again on that lottery, you know? Yep. Um, and obviously I like Nicobe Dean um, in the third round. He fell all the way from the first to the third um, based on some weird medical stuff. And when he was drafted, he said, you know, people were telling untruths about him. Um, So I'm not sure what was going on there. He says he's healthy and wants to play the season. But even if he misses part of the season or all the season, I still think that's a great um, spot to get a very talented middle linebacker, um, you know, where I think that they – they needed help at their linebacker core. Yeah. Um, and their um, second round pick, because they traded so many, they really only had th- uh, one, two, three, and then two sixth round picks. So I'll ignore the sixth rounders. But, um, you know, they picked Cam Jurgens in the second round, obviously a backup center to Jason Kelsey right now. But um, I thought it was pretty cool how they included uh, Kelsey in the scouting process for a, a heir apparent center for him. Um, and so he thought Jurgens was the best there and so obviously their offense that i know you know has the center call the plays not call the plays but call the line um, the protections and the adjustments and stuff like that live at the line based on what he sees so um a very important position for their for their offense um in general so um you know with a one-year internship basically for for jurgens that would be i think um a good uh, a good pick for them um, going forward, right? Not not a lot of impact now, not a big positional thing, but obviously we've already talked about it on this podcast a couple of times. Center is important. Yep. So there you go. Underrated position. Yep, absolutely. So, all right. Those are our winners. Um, 
So let's go ahead and crown the losers. Um, okay. I'll, I'll I'll let you I'll let you go first. Um, let's see if we have an alignment here. I, I don't. And and this is not just me being um, an anti, you know, Patriots guy. Um, this is after conversations with several Patriots fans that have absolutely no clue what what the plan was. I think the Patriots. Uh, I mean. I just don't. I don't know. Um, the Tennessee Chattanooga offensive lineman. Did you see the? Uh, did you see the thing on? I don't remember who posted on Twitter. It was uh, the Rams didn't pick until the yep. fourth round, and so they're all getting boozed up. Uh, you know, and, <laughs> and having and, a press conference. Yeah, um, <laughs> and they're watching the draft live, and uh, I think it was their GM that was like, "Holy Tennessee Chattanooga!" <laughs> um, yeah. Well. No, they had a fourth round or a third round grid, whatever their first round pick or their, whatever their first pick was. That's the grade that they had, which likely suggests now I know that the Patriots, um, I, I don't think they picked for a little while after that. Um, they had an opportunity to get him later in the draft. And it right. seems like it was a bit of a reach at that point. They'd- yeah, and and one thing I noticed there um, that was a kind of interesting to me and to me only. I was watching NFL Network by this time. Um, that NFL Network didn't have a video package. For yeah, this guy, right? They have a video package for I don't a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, they did not have a video package for him. They just flashed up his his picture and like some some demographic information on him, and that was it. Like that that was all they have, and I, I think. You know, I was thinking about this one a lot and I was thinking, oh, you know, well, you know, foolish us doubting Belichick and doubting the Patriots drafting, but they really haven't drafted that well. That's why they had to last year sign so many um, free agents, right? They signed a bunch of veteran free agents at tight end, at at linebacker, right? Because they haven't drafted well. Um, And Mac Jones, you know, was their first reasonably good first round pick um, in, in quite a few years. So, um, you know, I, I think it is right of us to doubt them. And they, and especially when they surprise, right. We talk about the Ravens. Well, they took the best player available. The Pats can certainly do that, right. They could sit wherever they are, take the best player and everybody like, well, great job, but they continue to reach. And, and I think that's, that makes them in my mind, a loser for sure. Yeah, and I, I don't um, – then then they went ahead and grabbed a Baylor wideout, Tyquan Thornton, who, I mean, by all accounts is a an absolute burner, but he, he's a Baylor wide receiver, which to me means he's going to need a lot of help running routes. I mean, a lot of guys are burners in the NFL. Uh, a lot of corners run right. really fast in the NFL. Sure, can, he can take the top off a of defense, but – I, I just don't, you know, maybe this is uh, anti-Baylor wideout um, syndrome uh, after Denzel Mims was a draft pick, second round draft pick for the for the uh, Jets. But I feel like the schools that have these receivers that just run in space um, aren't, you know, these big spread, spread the field kind of offenses don't have the route running acumen um that other wideouts do. So it is he fast? Yeah, is he going to make a major impact? I, I don't know. And then then they drafted a corner that's literally my size. Uh and I <laughs> I I saw his like 5'8" 175 pounds. I was like, I, I could have been drafted by the Patriots. Uh you know, I guess he's he flies, he's pretty fast as well. Um he's going to be 5'8" Uh, which I say, you know, as someone who is 5'8", I, I can't guard a 6'4 receiver. So right. um, it's it's interesting, um, you know, and, I, you know, there are some people that I've spoken to that are fans up here that, that are like, you know, I, I think he's just messing with us at this point. Like, <laughs> everyone is is like, you know, critis- critical of his draft. So he goes ahead and like purposefully, does, you know, I, I don't believe that, but it's, 
it's something that I've I've heard Patriots fans say. So it's it's an odd draft. Um, maybe it'll work out, but I don't see them as a winner. Yeah, and and to the Taekwon Thornton thing, their second round pick at uh, number fifty. Just looking at the, um, I texted this to you, but the Athletics um, difference between actual selection and big board rank um, for the second round. He was in pick fifty, and he was picked a hundred and. 10, almost 110 spots before his big board rank. So he was like 160 on, on their big board. Obviously, that's not the be all end all. And they're not, you know, but that's just one one data point in how much uh, of a reach Tyquan Thornton was with, um, you know, if if uh, if I can quickly click and, and find the second round, I feel like there was much better wide receivers available, in my opinion, at that spot. Um, so let me just do that real did, quick. Did the, I forget when Green Bay picked that wide receiver, I think it was out of North Dakota State. Uh, Watson. Was he still around? So um, after, let's see, after Taekwon Thornton was George Pickens uh, from the Steelers, who I would have taken mm-hmm. over him. Um, Sky Moore, yeah, was taken over him. Um, those were the two other guys, I believe. Um, uh, let's see, there was yeah, Christian Watson was at the f- second pick of the second round, okay. so he was already gone. He's gone. Um, and uh, Wandale Robinson was already gone. I didn't like him that much either. And Mechie was surprisingly gone as well. But um, so. You know, I think that was a, a big time reach, and I believe that they traded up for that pick as well. Yeah. Um. So, you know, with two two better wide receivers, I thought, in my opinion, available after him. So that yeah, that's why I, I make them um one of the losers as well. And and in the consensus draft grade thing, they are right at the bottom. So it's not just us that thinks that. Okay. So, um. All right. On to your next. Um, on to your next one. So then I'll go. And some of this is is just based on like some observe like visual observations. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, um, you could s- it seemed like um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on their coach right now. Um, Rabel, Mike Rabel uh, was visibly disappointed with yes. the trade, and then I don't know that Traylon Burks. I mean that that puts him in a tough spot. He, he's not going to be able to fill those shoes certainly right away. And I, I don't, I didn't have him as high as everyone else did as a, um, as a wide receiver talent. Um, so on that alone, I think that that is a, for a team that is, is a legit, you know, as, as they were constructed last year, a legit Super Bowl contender, uh, the number one seed in the NFL, um, or uh, in the AFC, I think they got worse uh, as opposed to better from the draft. Right. I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, Traylon Burks, even if you like him, right, he's not going to be A.J. Brown, especially next year, right? Um, and if they think their window is open to win next year, that, that's not going to help. Yeah. Um, also, I did like the Malik Willis pick. I think from a value perspective, getting the most talented quarterback, um in the in a poor quarterback class, um, but getting him in the third round, and that allows you to sit him beside behind Tannehill um, for a year, which he probably needed anyway. Um, that gives you that luxury, but again, not helping you this year, right? And probably might even be making it worse this year because <laughs> Tannehill's already giving interviews to ESPN how you know he feels like he was blindsided by this or whatever. Um, but again, they picked a quarterback in the third round. Like, you know, you're not, you know, it's not like they're they're picking somebody to start over him. However, because of the big name, right? If you're picking Carson Strong or or somebody else, Sam Howell, whoever, not quite as a big of a name. Um, the 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 whispers will be whispering if he starts struggling, right? Um, so that makes it a little bit, um, you know, troublesome. Um, I think, you know. I, I like their draft, but or I like what they did, but I don't like it if they're trying to win now, right. which they they apparently are, right? They should be. Um, so they, they definitely took a step back. Um, whether that'll help them in the future, I don't know. 
but they definitely took a step back. Yep. Okay. Are are they on your list? They're not on okay. my list. So who do you, do you want, who's do you want me to go? Do you want me yeah. to do one? Um I'm gonna go with the Arizona Cardinals. Mm. So I already talked about the the trade from the Ravens perspective. I think um, you know, they traded their first round pick and they're going to have to pay Hollywood Brown a lot of money just to keep their quarterback happy. Um, it seems like they, they got some sort of um, arrangement with, with Kyler Murray and seems like that that's kind of gotten patched up, but they needed to trade for one of his friends <laughs> to keep him happy. Um, and they will have to pay not only just a, a first round pick, but also money um, while they're paying Kyler big money um, to keep him. So other parts of their team will have to be jettisoned um, to make that room. So I think that in itself, and just looking at the rest of their draft from the second to third round, uh, I don't know. I don't see anything there that that looks like anybody that's going to really help them um, in the short or long term. So I, based on that, I think that they're they're a loser for for the weekend. And also, you know, um, their best right receiver, New Hopkins, um, out six or eight games with um, PED suspension yeah, not a great as well. Week so for them. Uh, <laughs> if we can wrap that into our winners and losers um, uh, uh, calculation, definitely a loser. Yeah, it, that, that certainly didn't help. So I, I agree. I don't think they had, a, they, they didn't have the best weekend. Yeah. All right. Um, we've each got one more. Uh, is it the same as at the Chicago bears? It is. Okay. Yes. I feel like they, you know, in, in a league where everyone's trying to surround their yep. Yep. quarterback with um, young stud wide receivers and protection, the Bears, maybe they couldn't do it because they didn't have the picks. Um, they didn't have a first round pick, but they it, it doesn't seem like they got Justin Fields any help. Right, and, and I mean they they were picking at two seven before before Thornton, before Wandale Robinson, before um, uh, Pickens, before Sky Moore. Right, all of those probably good wide receivers. Yeah. Right, second round wide receivers is not a huge stretch. Um, so um, they picked a cornerback out of Washington. They picked a safety and their other second round pick. Right. Um, and then they picked some guy named Vellus Jones in the third round as, as a wide receiver. So 25 like, years old. Yeah. Oh, 25 years old. My goodness. Um, I, I feel like they've, they have already kind of the clock is gotten all messed up on them, right? They kept Nagy around for, um, for their quarterbacks first year, right? Or, rookie quarterbacks first year and then Nagy is gone. Now they bring in a whole new GM, a whole new um, coach, which they should have done the year before and kind of reset the clocks at the same time. Right. And now yeah. the new GM is in and he's like rebuilding. Right. But they also need to set around the quarterback with playmakers if they want to see what they've got in that player. So, um, you know, they're, they're all discombobulated there and they're not getting him help. And the the team the the roster is pro, is pretty bare um, as far as talent is concerned um, ar- around um, him on offense and on defense. So um, I think you know they were in a uh, a tough position and an easy easy way to to be a draft loser, so to speak, um, because they didn't have very many picks. But they had two in the second round. They had one in the third round. You know still good positions to get some talent. And again, if you don't know if your quarterback is the guy by year three, you're, you know, he's not, I don't know how you're going to find out. (laughs) Right. I don't know how you're going to find out in year three and year four, and then have to scramble to, to, to find out some other way, you know, like, I don't know. I think their, their clock's already taken on them and it's all, they're all messed up. They're all, their timing is all off all from the original sin of, of not firing Nagy and Pace when they need yeah. to. So. Yep. I, I couldn't agree more about that. Uh, yeah. It's it's too bad because I really like Justin Fields and I feel like he's gonna get he's gonna get uh 
the um the treatment that nobody wants which is you know he's never really going to have a great opportunity yep yep exactly that window is gonna like come shut in maybe at the end of 2023 and it's gonna be like well it'll feel like he never really even got a fair shake and he probably because he didn't you know um which is unfortunate because you know last year they were one of the draft winners for um snagging him from falling um you know, and, and putting themselves in position to reboot that quarterback position. Um, but without the, the right, you know, the coach and, and GM still being there, um, didn't save their jobs, you know, and they even went further backwards, um, that year. So, right. um, that did not help. Okay. Um, anything else on draft draft weekend, anything? No, it was a, it was a, an eventful few days and, like we said, uh, everyone, even even the teams that are not that, that we graded poorly are probably their fans are convincing themselves to be optimistic about you know Traylon Burks uh, and and we'll see uh, you know it, you just got to wait for the games to be played. I mean, yeah, all of all of its semantics and numbers and all that until it happens. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. So now we, we read the tea leaves and dynasty leagues are, are um, starting their drafts. I, I mean, honestly, like my dynasty league that I run starts in July. <laughs> we run the draft in July and August. Like this is bonkers. Um, so a lot of a lot of uh, a, a lot of people already hard at work uh, drafting players for their fantasy teams. So it's a uh, it's it's a big season. So let me let me tell you this. Um, I, I think I know your answer, but I'm going to ask this anyway. Okay. Who is the player, you know, the fantasy football offensive player, right? Most people play just with offensive players. Um, who's going to have the biggest impact this year? Who's going to, who's going to be the, the number one, um, rookie from this class um, for, for next year, just for the year. Ooh, the number one rookie. I mean, I guess if you're, if you're drafting, I mean, the only thing that would scare me about Brees Hall is what the the the, the time division is going to be. Uh, if they're going to split up the backfield 50-50 or, or what. Um, but he seems like he's going to get his reps and opportunities. Um, I, I don't – I mean, I don't – there's nobody that's going to throw the ball to Drake London. Um, it's possible Chris Olave has a good, good fantasy – uh, fantasy season um, just because I, I feel like he's got a bit more of an established quarterback thrown to him. I don't know. Yeah, I guess, I guess Brees Hall. Yeah. I mean, Brees Hall is the solid gold number one overall dynasty pick, right? Long-term um, only running back out there. That's really going to be um, a, a three down back consistently. Um, Kenneth Walker is the other back went to, Seattle inexplicably they could have been a draft loser but I like their first round their their um their ninth overall pick of uh of they got cross yep so um you know Kenneth Walker is in a crowded backfield um short term and long term to be perfectly honest so um Brees Hall is a solid gold number one pick um and I think he might not put up the most points per se I, I think that might be Olave in as long as Jameis Winston same stays healthy. Um, but Brees Hall will probably be the um, most points over uh, anybody else <laughs> in this draft class and his position. So um, most probably valuable, I would say, um, for Brees Hall there with the Jets. Yeah. Um, all right. So I just had a couple of quick notes on, on NBA. Okay. Um, and then I had a quick buy or sell on baseball. Ready to go? Let's do it. All right. So the the Sixers and their fans have lived a year in, in a week. Um, last week, you recall me saying that the Sixers were probably going to lose. Um, you did say that. Even though they were up 3-0 at one point. Um, it did get to 3-2. Um, and the Sixers, surprising me um, and many other people, dominated Toronto in Toronto. Um and uh, won the game. So that was the, the roller coaster going straight up to the top. And then the next day after the game, um, they announced that Joel Embiid had a concussion and a broken orbital bone. 
um, from an elbow late in that game. Yes. Um, when he probably shouldn't have still been in the game, but you know what? I can't quibble with how many blown leads they've had. Um, yeah. I can't be too upset about it. However, um, the roller coaster dropped immediately down, um, you know, making the chances that they beat Miami without Embiid um, slim to none. And then a very terrible performance in game one against the heat. So, Embiid is supposed to come back in game three or four. It's possible. I don't know. He's already got a a, a, a ligament damage in his in his uh, shooting hand and orbital bone fracture that doesn't need surgery and a concussion. So um, I don't know if, if he doesn't come back. I don't, I don't blame him. Um, and you know, if the Sixers without him can't steal a game, one of the one of these first three games um you know odds are he's not going to come back for a for a uh for a sweep or a gentleman sweep there so i that that one is down in the dumps there for that series um the other series is now tied 1-1 because i think boston just beat milwaukee by a million so yeah, boston and milwaukee are tied 1-1 yeah so that's a very interesting series um milwaukee got a win in boston in game one so that one, one. Uh, snuck one in so that they're, they're headed back to Milwaukee. Chris Middleton out for, for Milwaukee. Um, so we'll see exactly how that one goes. Um, both teams are kind of uh, a little bit on whoever shoots best from three-pointers. <laughs> um, game two, it was Boston. So that one will shift back to Milwaukee. And in, in the Western Conference, we've got uh, Memphis against Golden State. Um Golden State beat Memphis by one point in a very exciting game. So an, another good series. Um, the upstart uh, Grizz uh, have the home home court advantage uh, against Golden State. And that next game, I believe, is tonight. Yeah, yes, play later. starting now. Oh, um, so that, now is later. Be <laughs> <it>. Yeah, <laughs> um, that'll be an interesting series as well. And the other um, Suns against um, Dallas Mavericks is is a slightly interesting series, but I think the Suns will, will walk away with that one pretty simply. Um, yeah. So that's, that's my NBA recap, but um, all exciting series is except for the Philadelphia one, which should be over pretty quickly. I'm going to continue to choose to be optimistic for Philadelphia. Against all, right. all, I mean, there, against all, there odds. is a possibility if, if they go into game four, down to one and then Embiid comes back and plays at his usual level and they get it to two, two. Then it's on. Then, then, then it's on. Right. Um, but until, until they steal one without him. Yeah. They got, they got to win. Yeah. They got to win. And they uh, could have, and they, honestly, they could have stolen game one. They were leading in halftime. They had some good, good stretches, but they just don't have enough talent without him. And James Harden is not, anywhere near classic James Harden. So no, um, he can't just carry a team by himself and just hit step backs and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. Not anymore. Not anymore. All right. Um, so let's do a quick buy or sell on MLB. A um, couple weeks into the season, three fantasy weeks into the season. Um, so there's a lot of talk about baseball using a humidor in all stadiums this year. Um, Batting average, you know, everything is down across the board. Um, I feel like every year, honestly, we talked about this we, last we year. About this the last ball. year, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the ball. They're always messing with the ball. Um, are you buying or selling that the offense is down because of the new ball? No. Okay. Do you think it is just the pitchers being ahead of the batters? It is cold weather at the beginning of the year combination of those pitchers being ahead of the batter uh, due to short um shortened uh preseason ah interesting point Um, okay cold weather um and the fact that this has been a trend in baseball for a very long time uh to there there's been less and less and less and less contact and more and more and more strikeouts. So um, it's not surprising really in the least that the numbers are as bad as they are. Right. And and I believe we did talk about it last year. <laughs> um, 
that before they got rid of the sticky stuff, the batting average was the lowest it's ever been since the dead ball era. Um, and if I look at this year, um, batting average is actually lower, lowest since it's 232 so far. So the batting average is lowest since, and I'm keep scrolling, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. 232 is the lowest since I'm, I'm still scrolling. I'm still 1969, oh maybe. I was like the, that was the two third. I don't, I don't see a two, two thirty. I don't see a two thirty for a while at all here. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm all the way back in 1885. That can't be right. Um, let's sort by batting average. Um, well, no, it's the lowest batting average ever. 1968 was the second. It's the lowest batting average ever on record. 68, not 69. Yeah. Yeah. 68. So the low, but it's the lowest batting average on, on record. Obviously, there's a lot more selling out for slugging. Um, so the slugging is certainly not, not the high, not the lowest it's ever been, but um, batting average down to the lowest baseball reference has ever seen. Two and two. 32 is is the batting average um, so far this year. Yeah, I mean, pitchers are throwing the ball harder than ever before. Uh, it is early in the season. But, I mean, I, I can't imagine that the, the strikeouts are down. Um, and if you're not putting the ball in play, you can't get a hit. Right. I mean, run, runs are not the worst that they've ever been. Obviously, there looks like about, uh, you know, 20th or, or 25th, but still not good. Right. Um, so a, a trend we saw last year, you know, the pitchers are now not using the sticky stuff. So we don't have that. Presumably. Excuse. Presumably, <laughs> unless they found a, found a way nature finds a way. Um, yeah. so, so, um, just very interesting for me as my hitters put up zero points and my pitchers put up a million points in all of my fantasy leagues. All right. Um, anything else you got? Uh, you got on the docket? Um, no, I, I we're we're entering that like that period of time where you've got your basketball, your hockey playoffs. Um, yeah. Baseball is is now in full swing, and uh, you know you're you're starting to be able to like all those opening day weekends are done, and like the random off days and and all that. So you're gonna come home to a to a baseball game every night uh which is like not the most exciting thing but it's just nice it's nice to you know be able to come home and put on the cardinals game so right i mean I, that rhythm of the nightly baseball game is the best thing about the spring and summer is that you could just come on come home or or and put it on and it's just on it's just there exactly um, very comforting yeah um uh and I, I enjoy that about the spring and the summer. Um, all right. So we'll get out of here on that. Um, so let me just bump into my outro here. Keep your eyes glued to NBA and hockey playoffs and the nightly baseball game in your area. And keep your ears glued to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast. And we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, that was a complex one. Yeah. Yeah, it was complex. I, I put a little bit more into that. Well, at the last minute, I was like, well, you know, baseball is a very regional sport so i was like all right well whatever baseball is on in your area you can watch that it is you know it's uh have you have you caught any of these like um apple tv broadcasts no i have not i do have apple tv plus so i'll have to check them yeah the the friday night ones um i i've watched a little uh and they uh, i forget what the graphic is that's at the bottom. Is it like on base percent chance or something? Yeah, like percent. Yeah, yeah it's, it's some advanced metric that is like continually updating at the bottom, um, which is kind of kind of interesting to, to see like what is you know each network's like little shtick and how they're gonna cover cover the game.